Hallelujah. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing today? Praise God. We want to welcome everyone that's uh, uh, watching and uh, worshiping with us this morning from all the various platforms. You are most welcome. This is World Outreach Church for All Nations, where our vision is building strong families and so serving global communities. So we're glad that you're able to join with us this morning to participate in this service. And I'm confident that because of the goodness of God, you will not live in the same way as you came. In the name of Jesus. And so, happy Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> this Sunday, I have no Dr. Hunt. Tampa Bay versus Kansas City. Whoever wins, bless them in Jesus' name. But hopefully next year, next year, the Falcons will be back on track in Jesus' name. <laughs> but this morning, this morning, we are going to pick up from where we left a couple of weeks ago. Last Sunday, we took a break to reintroduce our small groups, the grace groups. And uh, we did that because we believe that the small groups called the grace group is one of the tools that God has given us to building strong families. And so we took that break last week. And this week now, this Sunday, we're going to continue on our financial freedom series, which I began, oh, several weeks ago now. And I started by telling us, number one, that God is the source of all prosperity. All the silver and all the gold belongs to him. And God wants you and I to have a stewardship mindset to understand that he owns everything, we are merely stewards. And at the same time, that he requires faithfulness from us in giving back to his kingdom. And then Pastor Larry came a couple of weeks ago and introduced the three buckets of giving, saving, and spending. And today, to take us further, to help us understand wealth creation. He said, because you cannot give if you don't have it. So we desire to empower you with the information you need so that you can create wealth and because of that, be able to freely be a blessing in whichever way God will have you. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, that it is God that has given us the power to have wealth. And so this morning, my job is very easy. I'm not the one bringing the message. Praise God. But God has among us a chosen, true and tried servant. I'm speaking of Dr. D. Amanzi. Yeah. Fondly, fondly called Dr. D. <laughs> Him and his wife joined this fellowship really not too long ago, less than two years now. But the Bible says a man's gift will make room for him and bring him before kings. They came in, both husband and wife, rolled up their sleeves, Lady K serves as I speak, in a food pantry every Wednesday night, faithfully without fail. And on some Fridays, when we have to uh, receive the goods to, st to stock them. So she, Lady Kay, has been serving here faithfully, and her husband, they actually came and said, listen, what can we do to be a part of this vision and to serve in the vision? And so this morning, you're gonna, have, you're gonna hear mysteries. I say mysteries because I have tried this man I have actually learned from him when it comes to portfolio, investment, and so forth and so on. In fact, I can tell you that 2020 was a 
bumper harvest from a household. We only made in 111% increase. That's all. <laughs> Praise God. That, that's all. That, our portfolio turned over by 111%. True story. Most of that credit goes to this person you're going to hear this morning. Amen? Dr. D. Amanze is not just uh, a, a solid believer. He's an entrepreneur. He's the founder and president of Caleb Mortgages Services here in Dakula, Georgia. Amen? And so without any further ado, prepare yourself. Take off the poverty mentality. Ask God to deliver you, to bring you out of the darkness of poverty into the light of prosperity. Get ready, because in a moment, your light is about to come on. And so ladies and gentlemen, I present to some and introduce to others, Dr. D. Amanze. <laughs> First of all, I really want to express my gratitude to the first family. It looks awesome from this position. And thank you for that opportunity and privilege. I don't take it lightly. And many of you have come out here in person. I pray God's covering over you. No virus will come near you. So relax and receive from the Lord. In the audience this morning is the wife of my youth. And the only one for 41 years. So if you see me looking this direction from time to time, I'm looking at her for some inspiration. And I'm also aware that many are joining us on different platforms. Please, don't let anything distract you. I do sincerely believe, not just because of the vessel, but because of the Lord, that he has something for you today. Before I go into the word of God, I just want to say a big thank you to our technical crew, our cameramen, the audio people, presenters, and all that, the worship team. They laid the foundation before the word of God, spoken word, comes. And they take whatever is done on stage here, do their thing to it, and they're able to broadcast it worldwide. Thank you once again. Let me mention very, very quickly. This is our Black History Month. The Irish do not play with their... Irish Day. In this country, Italians are proud to tell you they are Italian-Americans. We are not an afterthought. The black race is not an accident. God actually has a plan and a purpose for us. And we should identify with that God. We didn't choose the race. God chose that for us. So this is why I decided to go down to my roots. This is, this is one of our Igbo ceremonial gaps. Am I not looking nice, folks? Praise God. And thank you, I can see very many people here. 
looking like a wedding day. Praise the Lord. This is also a special month. The month that we celebrate Valentine's Day. You don't see it in the scripture, but it's a very, very essential, important day. So by the grace of God, and through the kindness of our senior pastors and the first family, I will be bringing part two of this message next Sunday as well. And on that Sunday, I will be doing something really, really special. You don't want to miss it for Valentine's Day. Amen. When I'm talking about financial freedom, I can get so excited. Is there anywhere the technical crew can give me the time remaining on the screen just so I can control myself? Hallelujah. All right, our pastors have done a great job in the series that we have had. I personally have been blessed by that series. I do know that financial stability is a very integral part of building a strong family. And when a man is blessed of God, he is in a state of well-being all around, health-wise, including your financial stability. So this is a very important um, topic for the church. So this morning, I'm going to briefly touch on two aspects. One, wealth creation. Two, I am not going to make any apologies for this. I am going to be speaking on abundant living. Living abundantly to overflowing. I know that many people, listen, this is not about me. I became a Christian in 1971. That doesn't tell you anything about my age, but listen. <laughs> I have had every kind of teaching. Oh, just give me heaven. Even if I am the doorkeeper there, that's enough for me. All this talk about wealth and uh, abundance and all that, I don't care. Just give me the salvation of my soul. That's good, but how incomplete can that message be? Anything that we are talking about from this platform, if it's not in the scriptures, Wokfan doesn't want to deal with it. This is a Bible-based church. And right from the first day, my wife and I came in here, we found that it was on teaching the word of God, rightly dividing it. It was on missions. It was on supporting families. And we said we were going to visit around. But when we came here and saw that initial foundation on which work fan is based, we said this is the place. Praise God. Give me Deuteronomy 8.18. Wealth creation. But you shall earnestly remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant 
which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. If you want to explore something, you ask those questions, what, why, when, how, and so on. These questions help you explore in any subject. Moses is telling the children of Israel that God will teach them. God will give them power. God will show them how to create wealth. That is the what. The next question is why? Why does God want to teach them how to create wealth? And he, Moses, answered that question, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers. What covenant is this? One comes to mind. In Abrahamic covenant, God asked Abraham to do something that was totally, totally unreasonable. Go and kill your only son, the one that you love, not just a simple kind of death, he was to sacrifice him like a, a sacrificial lamb. That is, you lay the wood, you lay the uh, uh, animal on the wood, and you, you set the fire on it. That is something you don't want to go home and practice at home. <laughs> it didn't make sense then, it doesn't make sense now, but God was testing Abraham. And Abraham obeyed. I don't want to go into the full length of it. You know the story. And then God turned around and said, now I know that Abraham is willing to offer anything just because I said so. Obedience. So God told him, Abraham, for this thing you have done, and by the way, God bonded with Abraham at that deep level. Why? God himself had to give his only son as well, just like he was asking Abraham to do. Stay with me for a second. If you get this, you will get the rest of the message. So, by the time God created the heavens and the earth, it cost him nothing. He just spoke the word, and everything you see and the things you don't even see came into existence. Is that true? To put the planets in their respective orbits, he just snapped a finger. Jupiter, Mars, Mercury, all of them took their places. But when it came to the salvation of mankind, the pain was so much that God could not look on his son. Until that time, God did not do anything that cost him that amount of pain. So, after establishing this covenant with our father, you know, till today we still sing Abraham's blessings are mine. They are mine in the morning, they are mine in the evening. Stay with me on that thought. God established him and said, when it comes to blessing, I'm going to bless you. There are some people that will tell you that they will bless you, you will just laugh. They don't even have what it takes to bless themselves, not to talk of blessing. But if God says he's going to bless you, Pastor Bank, get ready for something that is beyond your imagination. He said he was going to multiply him. And this is the thing, that the blessing was not just for him, 
but for his descendants and all the people down the line. And I have read the scriptures. I do not see anywhere that God said that blessing going down the line has stopped. I do not see anywhere it says the budget for this kind of blessing has run out. You are now on your own. So I am still a part of that covenant blessing. So this is the why. Why does God want to teach your hands to create wealth so that he can line you up, so that he can keep you in track with that blessing that started with Abraham, Isaac, and so on down the line. I'm going to give you just one example. I don't, I don't have time to talk about Isaac or about David. I mean, by the time you sacrifice 1,000 sheep in one offering, you're a wealthy man. 1,000 sheep. Some of us cannot imagine or visualize what 1,000 sheep look like. But David could sacrifice that in one offering. There was this very rich woman, the queen of Sheba. She visited Solomon. The woman herself was loaded. She brought with her gold and precious stones and everything. But when they showed her around Solomon's home, the Bible says that the spirit departed from her. Translation, she passed out. <laughs> Solomon was so wealthy, following that same Abrahamic covenant, that when uh, another queen, another rich fellow, saw what Solomon had, she fainted. It's in the scripture. So, you are part of that Abrahamic covenant. God is going to, and he's already teaching you how to create wealth so that he will establish his covenant, which he promised Abraham, which you are still a part of going down the line. Amen? Amen. Give me a very old scripture, John 10.10. 10. This is Jesus himself. We know he came. We, we know he died the most cruel, painful death designed by the mankind that he created himself. But in, Rome, in John 10.10, 10, he says, there are many principalities and many things that come. They steal from you. They deprive you of. They create a roadblock on your way. They prevent you. They just make your life miserable. They steal and they kill. There are many principalities that do that. But I have come. That's Jesus. I think this is a message on itself. But I have come that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Yes. This is what Jesus himself said that he had come to do. Yes. I have come so you will have life and enjoy it to the full 
and you will enjoy it to overflowing. I am not making this up. Jesus never said a thing that he did not mean to do. Sometimes I go to the buffet. You know that type, you eat all you can. By the way, it's very dangerous. Don't do it too often. When I was younger, I would go in at lunchtime and I would keep eating until they bring out the dinner menu. Then by the time I'm ready to go, I will take my plate for the final walk around. <laughs> Fried fish, yes, I've had that. Devil's egg, no, I don't eat anything that is called devil's. I'll go around row by row, row by row, row by row to make sure I've gotten my full money back. Has anybody done that before? Please don't do it too often. <laughs> what I'm saying here is that God has really set a table. Yes. At the beginning of the year, a man of God came here and told us about the feast that God was setting for us. God can set a wonderful feast, all you can feast, yes. and it doesn't cost him anything. Amen. But you can go there and you just drink water and eat salad. I eat salad though, please. My, my wife is here. But I eat it as medicine. Because my wife says it's good for me. So you can go to this buffet that God has set. This abundant life he has established for you. You can just go there and say, in humility, I just want salvation of my soul. I don't want anything to do with life abundant. That's not what I do when I go to the buffet. Let me go to the scripture. Folks, I am a very smart man. If you don't believe me, ask my wife. So anytime you want to get my attention, present a very logical argument that has facts, reasonable, well presented, you will get my attention. Paul did exactly that. Please give me Romans 8.32. Didn't they say Paul was some kind of a lawyer? You can see that in his writing. He who did not withhold or spare even his own son. Let's put a quarter there and back just for a second. He who did all this for us, that's what he did. When did he do it, Pastor? He did it when we were still enemies. When we were still in bed with the devil when we had no part whatsoever with God, even then, he gave his only son. He did not withhold anything. He knew that God, Jesus was coming down here from the day he arrived to the day he died. He knew he was going to die a very terrible, wicked death. This God who did not withhold those things from us, even while we were yet sinners, how about now 
that you are the righteousness of God. Amen. How about now that you have been adopted into the family? Yes. Now that God looks at you and sees nothing wrong with you at all. If God did all that stuff that cost him his only son, to a point he couldn't even look at him on the cross, he turned away because the iniquity Jesus was carrying was just unimaginable. God could not behold that kind of iniquity. The son went back. Everything just was... But now that you are the chosen, now that you are lifted up to be a joint heir with Christ. The part B says, will he not also with him freely and graciously give us all other things? This is a logical argument, right? Again, what I am dealing with here is attitude. Once you get your attitude right, once you get your doctrine right, once the biblical teaching about wealth and abundance is clear in your head, you will not have this argument, nah, nah, let me just take heaven and... Uh, Lastly, on this point, I move on. Lastly, give me Second Peter 1, 2 and 3 very quickly. May grace, God's favor, and peace, which is perfect well-being, including finances, all necessary good, all spiritual prosperity, and freedom from fear and agitating passions, and moral conflicts be multiplied to you in the full, personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our, our Lord. Once you find first the kingdom of God and receive the peace of God, Peter is saying, verse 3, <clears throat> for his divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited for life as well as all things that are necessary and requisite for godliness. The first part says God has abundantly flourished us with all things that pertain to life. There are some things that have no value in heaven. That currency is not traded in heaven. I don't want to mess up your theology. Even the healing of your body has nothing to do with heaven at all. You can be twisted like a presto and still go to heaven in a new body. But God has still included in that package the healing of your earthly, fleshly body. That is pertaining to this life. Whether you ride a single hump camel or you have a personal rocket, that has nothing to do with heaven, right? 
He has given us, and let me read from part B, and freedom from fears. For his divine power, I'm in three. Let me close on three. Praise God. Uh, technical crew, I said nice things about you at the beginning. Why is that clock running so fast? <laughs> Amen. So, God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Are you still with me? Praise God. There was this program on television they called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Please give me my first PowerPoint. Who wants to be a millionaire? They call you up. D. Amanze. I'll come up singing and dancing and somersaulting and all that. That is an opportunity to be a millionaire. It's a one-time great opportunity. I answer the first question. I win 250. The presenter will ask, now, you can take this 250 and go home, or you can sacrifice it for a chance to win 5,000 at the next question. Do you know how many people look up and look down, and they say, just give me the 250, and they go home. I thought you came up with a desire to have a chance to be a millionaire. Many people called on to Jesus when he was ministering on earth. They said, Jesus, you are the son of David. Have mercy on us. Many times, Jesus will go down back to them and say, what exactly do you want me to do for you? To a paralytic, he says, do I have your permission to make you whole? And the man ran off. Oh, you know, I don't have anybody, and when I try to get into the pool, somebody else, that was not the question. Do I have your permission to make you whole? Jesus always wanted to know that this thing he wants to do for you, you are in agreement. That's why he asked a blind man. You would have thought every blind man wants to see. It's not the case. Some just want a change. I'm okay being blind. Just give me some change. So this morning, I'm going to ask you, we've been talking about financial freedom. Who really wants to experience financial freedom? You cannot take it for granted that everybody does. Let me give you the first litmus test. One, if you bucket every kind of wealth and abundance, you label them ill-gotten, evil, American greed, there's a problem there. When I was poor, I would be driving and I see these super, super nice homes, seven bedrooms, 10 bathrooms, 10,000 square feet on three acres, five acres, and I will go, this is unnecessary. Why do you have to have 10,000? How many bedrooms can you sleep in at the same time and all that? Why don't you sell this home and use it to feed all the hungry people so everybody will become equally hungry? <laughs> there is an attitude problem sometimes when it comes to the provisions of God. Okay, don't, please excuse me. Let me give another example. I watched WWE. Bring it 
down ladders, tables, and chairs. WrestleMania, the whole spectrum. But when my wife sees me watching it, she will say three words. They're all A, B, and C. The first one, A, animalistic. B, brutal, barbaric. C, cruel. With that kind of attitude, you will never, ever, ever see my wife in WrestleMania stage, ever. The reason is this, you can hardly prosper in something that you have written off in your head as evil, ill-gotten, American greed. We were young Christians, more enthusiasm than knowledge many years ago. When we go on evangelism and we see somebody that looks like they're not as poor as we wanted them to be. We will use a bullhorn, you know those megaphones. It is impossible for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. It's even easier for a big fat camel to pass through the eyes of a needle. Your wealth and everything you have is like firewood waiting to be burned up. We don't know the man. We don't know what he does for a living. We don't know anything about him. But simply because it looked like he has something, we were angry with him. Anger will just swell inside. So if you have that kind of attitude to wealth, you need to repent. Second test. Some people say, and this is mainly very nice, gentle, religious people. They said, I am going to sit here what God has for me will find me. It sounds so religious, it's unbelievable. But when I think about four lepers in Samaria, it says that Samaria was in deep, deep trouble. People were doing all kinds of wicked things, one to another. There was famine and so on. So they threw out these four lepers outside the city gates. One of them said, listen, if we sit here, we will die. But there is an army camp up the hill. Let's go. Perhaps they will have mercy on us and give us some food. But even if they kill us, it's the same death that we will die if we sit here. So all through the scripture, you see things like, arise. I will arise. And they arose. If I sit in a place, God wants me to go through this door of opportunity. But I sit here. I'm expecting this door of opportunity to come to me. When it gets to me, it will swing open and continue going until it passes over me. That's not how it happens, brethren. Instead of sitting passively in one place. If God tells me to go through this door, I'm going to get up, dust up the dust, square my shoulders up, lift up my head, and move majestically towards that door. When I get there, 
I will grab the handle and yank the door out of the hinges. If it doesn't respond, I will kick down both the door and the door frame. If anybody asks you, you say, God the Father, the creator of heaven and earth, told you to. There are things God has kept in store for us. Let us rise and take possession. Let me close on this thought. Whenever you lose your fighting spirit, there's a problem. God created us to have dominion. Yes? God created us to chase after, overcome, and rule over. I get inspired when I see these guys that have, by all definition, they've arrived. Some of them are millionaires. Bishop, do you know how long it takes to spend a billion? I'm not even at that stage yet. I'm not sure exactly how many zeros goes to a billion unless I sit down and calculate it. But some of these guys are still pushing ahead, conquering new territories, investing in new things. As a billionaire, what are you still struggling there and night for? But this is how God kept, created us to have dominion and to overcome, to rule and to be in charge. Am I preaching heresy here? <laughs> Even now, as a very young man and a millionaire, oh, somebody is saying, oh, we were following you to this point, D. But now that you are saying you're a young man, we are not sure anymore what you're talking about. Now that you even called yourself a millionaire, uh, that has really lost us completely. But I read somewhere, Pastor, that as a man thinks in his heart, <laughs> as a man thinks in his heart, not so will he be. But so he is, even now. When I look at the mirror, you know what I see, who I see looking back at me? A very young, handsome guy. Very smart, lacking in nothing. His whole heart given unto the Lord. His arms waiting, God, what is it you have next? Bring it on. Praise God. So let us get a new attitude. Let us see things exactly the way God sees them. By the grace of God, next week, I'm going to get into some nuts and bolts of abundant living. Bishop, I thank God for your success last year. I have a similar testimony. It's just that I made a little bit more. <laughs> it's a pleasure to, to see Bishop as a friend. If I tell you what I made now, somebody might fall out of the seat. I'm just joking. Let me close in this, really, really, in the last few seconds. Matthew 6.33. Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God 
and his righteousness. Once you meet that prerequisite, it is nothing at all to God. It does not cost him anything. This is the God that is building mansions for us in heaven. Not, not uh, in England, we used to have bedsit. Just if you spread your hand, you touch the two walls. This is the God that is designing a new Jerusalem and the streets are made of so pure stones that they are transparent. Yes. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things that Gentiles are keeping sleepless over, God says he will do what? He will add them unto you. On Sunday, next week, we will continue this and we will get into the real details. On Sunday next week, I will be doing something really, really special for Valentine. But we will continue praying on Wednesday that the Lord will actually teach us and open our eyes to what he has planned for us. Praise the Lord.